Yo, 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 it's Pludot. Yo, 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 it's your boy Julio on the track. Yo, 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 it's the one and only Warren Blizzard. We live. Shoot back at it again with the night, with the late night podcast, Southside Classics. You know what I'm talking about. We even got some special guests in the building today. Well, I introduce him himself, Juan and Dez. Why don't y'all go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. What's going on, What's going y'all? On, Desi in the building from the With All Due Respect podcast. Coming at you live at the Southside Classic podcast. This is really it's fun really to be fun here. To be I've already I'm feel already welcome. welcome. Smoke is in the air. All we miss is the liquor bottles. For real, for real. We got some liquor out here now. Hey, hey, now. Don't tip me now. Don't tip me. But no, I'm here to have a good time. Some questions. You know, let's buy it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yo, it's uh, Juan. I don't have a cool introduction, but uh, you know, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, keep it short, simple. Yeah. Yes. Shit, just to dive right into it. Uh, me and my boy Juan went on a hike earlier today. Getting into our film bag. Um, can't wait to process some of this stuff. It's going to be... Uh, where did we hike it? Um, it was called Cascade Springs Preserve over by, uh, I don't know where the fuck it was, but it was over by Tyler Perry Studios. It's oh, Atlanta somewhere. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Of each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the 4K uh, village from the GoPro. Ready to, you know, sort back through that and edit it because it doesn't look like much until you put it into the editor and then you're just like, okay. But we got some good takes though. Nice, nice. So I would like to uh, just ask Juan starting off, man, because um, I've um, always heard you, you know, it, it, um, in the film industry, and you got a lot of things going on there. So I just wanted to ask, uh, when did you start with, you know, with photography, film, videography, with all what you do? Okay. Um, so photography was pretty simple. Um, I met this guy named Jordan. We became friends. He did photography. Was good at it. And, Enjoy taking pictures with my phone here and there. I'm like, why not take it up to the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been practicing not too much lately, but I am trying to get back into it, especially like landscape photography and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm eventually venture into a net geo, possibly, hopefully. Um, but yeah, film it wasn't really like uh, like I oh, film wasn't really something I was interested in at first. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, gotcha. My bad. So, yeah, it wasn't something that I, like, was planning on getting into. Um, it all happened because I was bored with what I was doing, and I just didn't, you know, I wasn't happy with it. So I'm like, you know, I need something different. Um, tried film. I talked to the director, whatever, tried it. I uh, loved it. And uh, now it's like going to school for it. Like, I learned how to be creative in certain different ways and, you know, um, you know, put things, like, in a perspective and really, you know, show... Would you say it's been kind of lucrative getting to this point in some regards? What do you mean by lucrative? It's not a very direct, I guess, path into getting into the film industry. Like, where do you go to see job postings in some regards? Like, Oh, oh, okay. Um, So, literally, the film industry is all networking. Um, You have to know people. Um, Especially when you're on set and stuff like that, whether you're doing commercial, music videos, etc., etc., you network. Um, networking is a huge part. It's not like something you can apply online to. Um, it's all about who you know. So, like me, I went to school. Uh, they recommended me. That's how I got in. Um, if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be what I'm doing what I'm doing now. So, 
but yeah, it's it's pretty pretty hard, but pretty easy to get into if you know how to do it. Okay, uh, I've been seeing some cool shit you've been doing, man. That's yeah, dope. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk about it, but I can't. <laughs> I know uh, several contracts, but it's some pretty cool shit. Like the movie, y- y- y'all probably love it. It's it's dope. It's a it's a big project. A lot of good people on there. Some dickheads here and there, but you know you always have the bad apples. So, but yeah, it's like it's, you meet a lot of people, and I, I like that about that. So, but yeah, it's a great industry. Um, it's not too too hard to get into if you know how to. Like I said, but it's it's worth it. You know, I've learned a lot of things like creativity wise and just logistical wise. Like so, yeah. I'm pretty sure I can do something on my own eventually, but we'll see about that. <laughs> Who was your inspiration, I guess, going into the industry? So, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, we watched interviews for a class or whatever, and one of the interviews was Ilt Jones. He's a location manager. He's been on several movies, such as, like, Transformers and stuff like that. And, like, pretty much the questions he was answering and, like, the stories he would tell, like, it, they made me interested in doing what he does and eventually getting to his level. So, yeah, it's all thanks to an interview I watched in class. So, it was literally nothing else. Like, literally nothing else. So, I made the jump, tried it out, and then, uh, surprisingly, he's the one that contacted me for the movie I'm on now, and it's fucking crazy. It really is, because, like, the person who inspired you in a sense, like, he's calling you, yeah, yeah, so, it was, it was surreal, like, getting that call from him and getting the opportunity to work with him, so, very grateful, it's, it's, it's amazing. Awesome, uh, I would, uh, I would definitely want to ask, uh, if there's a, uh, um, uh, you know, a finished project that you can discuss, what is one, you know, that would, you would, you would say that is very notable and that you, that you worked on? Um, so, like, this is literally the biggest project I've worked on. Mm. Everything else was, like, pretty much, you know, something, like, personal, like, with, a, like, a small company I was with before. Mm-hmm. You know, we would do little short films and stuff like that that they would pitch to, like, either Netflix, Hulu, etc. Mm-hmm. to see if any, any of them would pick it up. But, um, but, you know, projects like that, they were fun because, you know, they had different stories. I did sign an NDA for one, but, you know, he's pitching the idea. It was a good idea, though. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, others, like, it's simple, like some kid, like, being run over and the mother drama. You know, it's just fun. So, mm-hmm. But I don't really remember much more of them because it was a while back. So, you know, memories are fading here and there. But, yeah, you know. Hey, Wal, I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so, you know, it's a journey, you know, any you know, passion you have. So my question for you would be, what has been the most up part about the journey? And what's been the most down part about it, too? Uh, so I'll start with the down part. It's very time consuming. It's it's literally all day. And it's six. Well, sometimes it's for like me, it's 60 hours weeks. But like for others, they're there from like the dawn, dusk to dawn, pretty much. Mm. So that that gets rough, you know, it's, it takes a toll on the body. But that's probably the only downside to it. Um, everything else is amazing, like, you know, the people you meet, the, the shit that you get, like, exposed to, it's it's great. But uh, what was the other question you had asked? Sorry. The ups. Oh, the ups. Dude, they feed me like I'm a king. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, that's that's the probably the best part, you know, they always have good food. Oh, yeah. Good that set budget? Yeah, Crazy. Especially with, like, the higher budget production, man. <laughs> Sometimes they they treat us to like steak and lobster <coughs> and shit like that, but you know I don't really eat lobster, but you know it's there. So it's all catered. Yeah, 
Like they cook, especially if you're in there in the morning and at night, they breakfast and lunch, you know, you don't really have to pay for stuff like that. So is That's the talent as superficial as they make it seem in the media? Uh, so I don't really get close to talent like that. Okay. Um, simply because it, it isn't really professional to be like, Oh, I'm a big fan or right, hey, right, questions right. for you. But, um, they, they seem pretty cool. Like from what I've heard or like, you know, from what I've seen, they seem cool. You know, they're like, they're human beings, you know? So right. it's it's literally like talking to like a friend, you know? They may have like more, I guess, clout or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're regular people. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, it's before I joined the industry, I'm, I, I thought they might have been like complete, you know, jerks or whatever. But now they're great people. There's, uh, there's this one actor on uh, the movie I'm doing. And um, anyway, he's like a Hispanic actor, and it's like very, very cool to see like what what they made him like they portrayed him as because it's pretty dope. So, but yeah, um, like I said, the downs would be the time consuming, um, but the ups probably the food and the perks you get from working there. So yeah, once you know, once you go up, you start getting the perks. But it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I love it. Wouldn't trade it for the world. So. Awesome, man. That uh, that's awesome. Just to hear about the, um, you know, just to hear about your experience in, in film. Um, I would say uh, I would ask as far as uh, when it comes to uh, compensation in your industry, would you see any disparities that you would that would uh, that would be recognizable to you when you would be on set, or would you see, uh, you know, pretty much uh, equal treatment around? So there would be like some departments that think they're good for other people, um, but you know, um, not necessarily. But you know, they would be busy and like they had their own stuff to do, so they couldn't mm-hmm. really focus on interaction, interaction and stuff like that. Okay. But, um, no, it was okay. Is nepotism a big thing in your industry? Ah, <laughs> uh, not from what I've witnessed. Okay. Um, but honestly, it could be in a sense, cause let's say, you know, somebody, you know, you've worked with them before. They can be like, Oh, I want him. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're favored over the other candidates because he's recommending you or she's recommended you to a certain thing. But not, um, family, like, ne- like hiring one's family. It's not really, not really a thing that I've seen so far, but you know, maybe it may come to light in like future shows and stuff like that, but no, not, not right now. Okay. I would say maybe like the acting field that would be like a more of a thing, like a dynasty thing versus like with no type of work he's involved. It's kind of like behind the scenes camera work. It's either you kind of know how to do it and then get recommended based on that, or like you can't just. I was always wondering like if the producer maybe had like a like some, maybe a camera guy in his family. I wonder if they've always maybe done something like that. Or... Honestly, I doubt it. Simply because there may be more talented people at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's all about quality when you're making a movie, you know? So, although your cousin may be a camera operator and be good at it, there might be someone who's also available, but that's better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all over. It's all about quality. Are willing to be underpaid. You said what now? Are willing to be underpaid. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's budget-based, and that's the... Yeah, it does happen. Um, but not to me, so better than, than me. <laughs> hey, yeah. let's, let's, let's. 
let's let's say let's take it from behind the camera mm-hmm. being behind the camera that's, and you know what I'm saying we put you in front of the camera two years from now because you know obviously you're here now and you know what I'm saying for you to be where you are in X amount of time is probably someplace that you know our age group not everybody gets that opportunity you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. in this industry so where are you at two years from now where do you want to be where uh, do you see yourself Honestly, um, so pretty much it, in the industry, you know, you need experience to move on up. So honestly, I'll probably see myself at the next level, which would be uh, assistant location manager. Um, so it's, it's higher. Um, but, you know, I, I am going to have to be an assistant for the first one, two years so I can get that experience before I move up. But And then from there, I want to be like a location scout, you know, finding different locations for like movies and stuff, like finding the image that they want. But at the same time, like, sometimes I, I wonder to myself, like, do I really want to be in this industry? Or, like, do I want to be out, go out and be a content creator? So there's also that. And, then, you know, just different routes that I could take. Like, I also want to work for National Geographic. And, you know, it's just different routes that that are open to me. So We documenting or we, like, we doing photography? Like, like cause, you know, National Geographic yeah, they, got some amazing shots. They do. They do. But some of them, uh, I look at them, I'm like, they're... They're great, but because of what's being taken, you know, like someone can put a camera and get the same thing because it's just it, the beauty is in the environment, you know, it's not in the shot. So. Hey, do, do the risk of certain shots, do, 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 do they excite you? Yes, it's something new, like especially like when you have to go up a mountain and take a take a shot of something that they're looking for, like. Yeah, I'm, I might, you know, be scared, but it's like a different experience. So it's all about good experiences in this world. So speaking of risk, so I'm a fan. Dez, you're killing me, bro. That wood. That wood shot. Jesus. That looks like my pinky man. Jesus. Oh my God, I had the two hitted in the second. I gotta be prepared for something else right now. So I'm, I'm, this is my pregame right now. Hey, King Kong Bundy, man. Hey, man. King Kong Bundy. Hey, brother. It has to be done. Yeah. Speaking of risk, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Narcos, the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it, but yeah. Their talent scout got mm-hmm. killed. Oh. Like, I wonder like how risky is that job for real, for real? Because I got from what I understand, I mean he was obviously in the wrong place, wrong mm-hmm. time, but so when you're dealing with those cartel <laughs> areas. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like something like that is risky, you don't know the area, but uh it it may sometimes it may not have something to do with being who you are. It's just you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. Um, so, like shooting in Mexico, it's pretty dangerous because you know they have cartels and stuff yeah. down there. Like so, with the movie I'm with, um, they wanted to shoot in Mexico, but you know I guess they you know the danger over there they decided to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know it's just about where you are, um, and honestly like. By chance, you're just there at the wrong place, wrong time. I wonder if they. I, I, I asked because I wonder if they brought that up and. Um, to us, no. Okay. Uh. Uh-uh. So in the industry, there is this one thing which is called safety for Sarah. Uh, essentially, that was there was this low budget movie who was shooting, and um, anyway, they wanted the active train uh, train rails or whatever, and uh, there went like you know that there's like this big bridge railroad like railroad in the middle. And they're in the middle just shooting their movie or whatever. And um, so 
eventually train comes they're still there they all run and then there's this one girl who uh, is pushing the I guess some cart uh, trying to get it out of safety for fear that you know she may get in trouble for not saving it and uh, she ended up being killed mm. yeah so like with stuff like that sometimes they do uh, I say that to say they sometimes do bring up like certain events mm-hmm. to prevent certain disasters and to keep the safety around production so awareness yeah there you go raise awareness awesome awesome it's great hearing about uh your perspective in the uh the film industry ron we really uh, appreciate that uh, but uh for now we're gonna go ahead segment onto the other guest the man from the with all due respect which is the podcast me and tay got to fortunately get on and we had a great time uh, uh, great host. Yeah, yes, sir. So great topics. Yeah, yes, sir. So you know, we wanted to uh, to ask, when did you uh, re- start to get into podcasting? So me and uh, Cheeks, or Michael Cheeks, is my uh, co-host uh, in this part. We both got into podcasting. Well, he got into podcasting way before he had the Fat Boys podcast way back in 2013, 2014, and. I came back from college, I was looking for something creative to do, I was in content management for like my job, I was like, alright, I need actually need something, content, something on the side to build a portfolio. So me and Cheeks always used to have these like conversations where like really thought provoking and on the edge, and it was like, fuck it, let's fucking record it. So we started 2019, about February 2019, and we've been doing it ever since. About probably had about on our sixth season, going on the seventh, and hey, we we don't we don't plan to stop. It's really therapeutic for us. Yes, sir. Honestly, because uh, I would listen to uh, you know to a lot of y'all podcast episodes, and I just got to say, man, uh, cheeks need to be a comedian. Oh shit! Here we go again. <laughs> Because uh, I'll say, you know, uh, Cheeks, he is a, a, a one thing about him is, I'd just say, every, every, I'll say, almost, he'll make a strong position and he'll just be hilarious, man. What did he say? You'll be like, what, what did this man say? He's very bold in his opinions, but he will stand on it and... I admire it. Yeah, yeah. I admire it. I love it, man. That's why it's so funny, you feel me? Because <laughs> he, he's so serious, too. <laughs> I mean that's what makes it. That's that's the chemistry of the show. Because it's like okay, he'll he'll do this bold opinion. I have to come with some sort of fact or some sort of fact-based opinion, and we just go at it. And usually there's a guest or some sort of mediator. Early on in the show, we had uh, Dee Dee uh, Adiria Johnson. She's now a PhD student now. So heard in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And she's our first uh, female co-host. Uh, she was there for about a year, and then uh, we had Maya Staten, which was Journey, and she was there about about two seasons. So, I mean, we've just been cycling through. Like, we've had different personalities, and we've just been rolling. Like, it, it's worked. We all have that core mechanic between, okay, bold versus, like, fact-based or whatever. Like, okay, how does your heart feel versus what is the brain talking about, you know? And that's how it works. Would you say you guys' style, style hasn't kind of evolved over time? Honestly, Honestly it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's kind of 
plateaued. plateaued. That's why we that's why we like like rotated so many types of deaths. Like we've had yeah. Ray Lavender on, on, we've had uh DC uh, Davinci, people from the FYB crew on, like we've had uh what's uh what's the guy name? Uh you ever heard of uh Butter ATL? It's uh it's a pretty it's much a media group, so CEO of media group. Like, we got a few, <laughs> few guests in. Like, I guess it never really gets stale because, like, it had different personalities. Yeah, that's what I really loved about your uh, the podcast is y'all would have guests from various backgrounds and a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that was dealing with music really, you know, just caught my eye just because it was, you know, something uh, you know we do and everything. So. I'll say that uh, that was definitely some uh, I loved about that uh, about the With All Due Respect podcast. Well, our background was music. Well, Cheeks was uh, managed the studio uh, back when I was in college, and I used to work as their PR manager. And it was a wild time, but we got to meet so many different people and like clubs. Like he'll, he'll tell you, like we used to walk in the clubs, like like it wasn't on the show at all. Mm. There was no oh we had to pay for a section. Of, we're here, like L three is here, Roger, Alex Rodriguez crew is here. Where's our section? And we sit there, and we there, we take over the party. He also was a host at one point, so. You know, we knew everybody in the city, and that was a pretty, pretty cool thing, especially when I was, like, fucking 18, 19. That's crazy. It was a crazy, like, it was a crazy situation, because all them niggas was, like, 25, 30, like, it was different. Yo, D, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I keep my ear on the podcast thing, so, you know, podcast nowadays is like it's just like youtube you know everybody got one yeah, yeah. everybody got one so you know what i say like you say you know this is the sixth season yeah. staying in the game mm-hmm. so it's like what's your advice to to the to the podcasters you know what i'm saying out there and you know what i'm saying what is also the way to separate yourself in this environment um definitely don't be afraid to push push the envelope like, if you want to, if you have to talk about something that's pretty touchy, like, hell, we talked about, uh, what is it that we talked about? We, we've talked about gun control, we've talked about, like, abortion, and, like, there was nothing but men on the podcast, like, and that's, you know, that, that's a no, that's, that might be, a, you know, that might be a no, but it will, like, it will get you that kind of exposure, like, okay, what the fuck are these niggas talking about? And, it, it, and like, it might be negative, but... At the same time, people are watching or listening. Yeah, and, and it's honestly healthy, I think, because, uh, you know, I would even see, you know, uh, you guys discuss the election. Even. So, you know, I think it's a, especially when it's all men, I think it's great because it allows us to bounce our perspective. And, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes I can uh, feel like if there's a woman in the room, we don't feel like I, we can really give that full opinion. That's fully express ourselves. Yeah, fully express ourselves. So when it, you know, when it's like this and they hear it, you know, they could just get what you know what we got off our chest. You feel me? You also have to stay unique, and that that means like cycling out guests, cycling out hosts. Like people want to hear different things that we've had. We've plateaued before. Like I'm, everybody's had that creative block. I'm sure you've had before. Where it's like, okay. Let me try something new. Let me let somebody else take the take the main and take the, take the stage. And it's worked out for us. At least you know we always we're always willing to try something new. Um, 
another thing I wish I wish one thing that we did actually do in the beginning was um like invest in our marketing and be more like court like court I have more coordination with our marketing with our team. Like, and sort of putting, like, putting the word out there when you already have the content compared to doing it when you're fresh start. I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong, like, we have a following, but I, f- I feel like it could definitely been stronger mm-hmm. and we did, did, like, a more coordinated effort. But, you know, that's just the strength of your team and how, like, how willing y'all are, like, willing to put on your social media, okay? Like, can y'all stand to do a cadence? Can y'all do a cadence? You know? Mm-hmm. I got one more for you. Yes. Um, so, um... What would you say are the differences, I guess, back then to some of the hurdles that you guys may have faced versus some of the hurdles you see coming up now for us others, you know, just getting into the game? Hmm. All right, so back, I'd say two years ago, hosting was more expensive. Like, podcasting was just really starting on this thing. Like, nowadays, I'm pretty sure you can get hosting for, like, 5 $10. You can host anywhere for anything. Like, we were paying maybe... In the beginning, we were actually under some sort of, like, media company, so we were paying them maybe little to no nothing, like, little to nothing, but it was more than what, it was way more than we were paying now, like, just for them to host our shit. Then we actually wised up, figured out what was up, and we started hosting our own stuff, and became our own brand, so, uh, but, I mean... That's that's the main difference. Outside of that, like, y'all got way more content now than it, than it was. Like, outside, we had the whole Trump era. Like, that was that was good content, but this is a war. Like, it's hella shit to talk about nowadays. Hey, them you boys ain't going down without a fight. Oh no, that's all I'm gonna say. Them you boys not going down. Buddy said, "Fuck that ride, give me more ammo." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the uh, Ukraine's uh, president? Yeah, that was that shit's man. That shit's crazy, bro. The media that's out right now with what's going on with that shit, it's gruesome, and I think people should really look at that. Like that's modern day war. Didn't they just like re- release the uh, NATO relief um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. company or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Like, yeah, they're mobilizing. All shit's dead. Shit's about to go down. It's about to hit the fan. It's common uh, say is uh, the tools for uh, survival need to be grabbed up while you got it. Yeah, it's it's about to get rough out here. Anyway, I do have a question for you though. Um, so when you first started out, um, how did you go about like advertising and bringing your your podcast up to how it is going now? So pretty much my social media, like our own personal, I was like, hey, every every episode, oh, new episode here, and I used to like this before Instagram could uh, give links, so I had my link in my uh, bio, like mm-hmm. oh, click the link in the bio, da, 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 da. and I I stuck it to Cadence myself. Now now within like if Cheeks and them wanted to do that, that was on them, but. I was able, it was, it's a rough, like, it was a rough time, because it was like, okay, like, once people, once your friends started to see, okay, he's consistent with this, that's when they started to listen in and start to share. People starting to, like, even now, like, I, we haven't released an episode in maybe two or three weeks, and people are asking, like, hey, where's the podcast been? And that's the first thing they think about, like, oh, Desmond's associated with, Desmond has a podcast. So that was, it was really just word of mouth. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. That was how that, that was, was how it really started. But thank God for me and his me and Cheeks' reach because we have like 
pretty popular. So it was able to grow organically. Like that. Right. Would you say you track the numbers like to a T or do you back in the day able to drop some numbers like that recently or have I seen drops in numbers? Well, well, I'm saying, have you like how have the numbers been, you know, going as time's been going on? I mean, they're they're steadily growing. I would, I'd, I'd like it to be like consistent, like a jump. I'd love to see jumps in subscriber base, but I, I do see a growth year, like year to year. So, do, would you say you kind of review each episode and look at the kind of based on topics? I have you seen like certain topics just kind of. It, 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 it just spiked, and spiked and you're just like, do we, do we so discuss this again or do we? So, it's, so it's, I used to, I used to, I used to do, do that, that and then, and then like, like since we since lost we our lost editor and now I'm doing like I'm doing most of everything, I have to read this into that episode anyway. So that I think I think it's more of I've lost that touch, but don't lose that touch. That's actually a pretty good touch not to lose. Probably get somebody that's further removed from the action to do the editing because they can kind of. I guess give a neutral side of it. That way, they can just say, okay, this is juicy, but or maybe this is too juicy, and let's let's trim this or you know whatever. We have we have we have what you refer to like points where it's like okay, maybe we're talking a little too much. Like we definitely have those moments, and we take we take down those times. So that's that's. That's only happened a few times, but for the most part, as time goes on, you kind of good at keeping it going. We let it go, yeah, because that's 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 where content comes from. So, you can't like you can't tell a story and bleep it out. It's it's not a story anymore. Yeah, it's like dang, why are we talking about it anyway? It's a podcast. I mean, I mean, for our for our setup, you tune into the live. We don't have time to censor it anyway. Yeah, right. But the podcast production that goes out to the um, you know, services, services distribution. distribution. We may scrub, we may scrub some, some stuff for, for the, the sake of oh, yeah, not yeah, 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 stirring certain shit. Names, you know? of course, but like, in terms of like, you telling the story, even she, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of shit she, she said, said, like, that like, that, like I can imagine. It's like, ah, are you sure we should this guy? It's like, hey, man, I mean, you can, you can names can go, but you gotta keep it in, because the story itself is the content. Yeah. Honestly, and you know, authentic, you know, being authentic too. Uh, also, that's what I think. That's what the best uh, kind of content is, really. You know, I want to know how you really feel. <laughs> and that's and that's another thing. Like, we, I like to go into our, um, I like to go into our productions blind because, like, the topics cheeks might have uh, prepared. You know, I might have heard out throughout the week. I want to give my first perspective. Like, I don't want to have a prepared opinion. Because then it's like, right. I feel like it's rehearsed and dry. It's not authentic. It's not authentic. It's not real. It's not raw. That's that's like, our that's the part of our slogan too. So it's like, eh, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to do, I don't, I don't like that prepared thing. That's just me. But like, and that also might come off as, oh, he, you know, he's, that's not, that's not a good thing to do. And it, you know, but that's just me for my production. Um... I think it makes think for better content. We and we don't yeah, we give don't our guests give our a prepared, uh, like a list of you know itinerary to some degree because we we want their first reaction to you know that sort of thing. So, hey man, we we've been uh, the formula works at least for us. We that's what we do. We we've enjoyed it. We might switch it up a little bit because we're open to change, but. 
Right, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, and honestly, before, honestly, I'll give Cheeks credit. Before he does take a hot take, he will say, with all due respect. Before you give your honest opinion, you know, you know, the big quotation marks, we do tote the line a lot. We, we have to, you know, we're just having to respect everybody, every creed, color, sexual orientation, all that. So, like, you guys are willing to have people on that may have been offended to discuss and, you know, have their opinion. That's what you do with the platform. Mm-hmm. We've had from aspiring politicians to rape victims to strippers to, like, raps, rap, you know, rap superstars and R&B superstars. We had it all. And I can't wait for what the future holds because mm-hmm. these conversations are fucking insane. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's Atlanta, though. Everything you just yeah. said, that's yeah. Atlanta. Yes, but Atlanta is Hollywood. It's black, Hollywood. black Hollywood, and, yeah. And that's another thing. I like in terms of podcasting, unless you're in LA and New York or New York, this is the best place to do. It's like everybody's here. Yes. Yes. New York starting to get too censored, man. See, that culture, bro. Yeah, that culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, well, I can at least speak for Atlanta. It's, everybody's a person or two people away down here. So. From somebody famous to some degree. Mm-hmm. Or somebody that got a some real cloud and reach. Hey, mm-hmm. shout out Georgia followers. Official. Instagram. Oh. They got the best yeah. uh, videos you'll never catch in real time. ATL School, so, too. Definitely ATL not on the uh, news airwaves. Mm-hmm. I said definitely, definitely their clips are not on news airwaves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not there. It's too raw. It's too raw. <laughs> and honestly, when you even see most uh, social media influencers, I'm like, they're in Atlanta. They are in Georgia somewhere. I'm like, yeah, and either they're going to be Atlanta or Gwinnett. Mostly. Oh, yeah. Gwinnett people are different to some degree. They're, they're different. They have nice things, but they choose to do ignorant shit. And I'm just like, on the south side, there's not much to do. You probably don't want my opinion. I'm a DeKalb nigga, so it's like, it's different. Nah, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. I don't understand. Like, Gwinnett's kind of different. I agree with you. It is they got, nice, they got shit. nice shit out there, bro. It's a very nice community. Why do y'all this choose this? Because the pa- their, their, their parents are drug dealers. Or ex-drug dealers. That moved out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And money equals time. So I, I can't fault the kids trying to emulate their parents or what they used to do. But, but, some, of but honestly, some of them didn't live around that, though. That when that's not going for that shit. But, but this is what I got to say, though. I, I, I got to speak, I think, for Clayco. I there's there's some parts in Gwinnett are, are pretty like they, well, yeah they're pretty rough in that the, the ones the ones who are out there doing it that's where that's the ones who are going out and the ones who are from you know uh, from you know a Lawrenceville suburb or Buford suburb you know they bro you know that's you know they they you know they they like six nine that's what I compare them to but the ones but like but like Migos. They from, they from they from like Lilburn Park. Those parts are a little bit harder and shit. Lilburn is a little tough sometimes. You know, uh, and plus most of the good shit is is you know in Lawrenceville and Buford mostly, bro. And niggas from like Norcross, they they're not seeing like so big though. Gwinnett is huge, bro. Gwinnett is huge. Like Gwinnett too. Yes. See like. 
used to be, used to be called Discover. Discover Mills. Discover Mills. Yeah, yeah, I used to live out there in that place. Shit tough. I would never like doubt anybody being tough. Like I don't care where you're from. You're from still from Georgia. You still came came here. Like I would never doubt it. You're from the south. You're from the south. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna underestimate nobody from here. It's just like when I was growing up in high school. We really was not looking at Gwinnett like that. For real, for real. It was just like, okay. We was really going over to Gwinnett, taking y'all hoes, coming back. Like, that was, that was, that was the gas. We was coming get y'all gas. Just say you from the south side. Oh, you from the south side? Okay. Like, y'all hoes loved east side niggas. And they love south side niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was like, I wasn't really worried about it. That was like that was really it was I didn't, when I hear tough in Gwinnett it doesn't really well, well I'll, I'll, I'll say this at least for me and I, <laughs> there's streets there's streets but I don't talk about there satellite boulevard satellite boulevard everywhere niggas have died niggas have died I've been outside as a youth hanging out Pleasant Hill is tough Pleasant Hill is tough. That, that is a very tough stretch. Snailville, like no Snailville, Snailville, oh yeah, that, that shit shut yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. They, they shot up a fucking hey, festival. Hey, Williams is with the South Gwinnett, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. See, I heard, like, South Gwinnett, I heard it was all right. It was a little, you know, a little rough, but, like, bro, a lot of great athletes that came out of Gwinnett, too, though. Oh, yeah, well, they had the yeah, facilities, yeah. though. They had the facilities and access. The taxes was definitely there for them. Because, Clayco, bro, we only had one nigga come out there and actually go pro. And that's the short choice from Love Joy High School. Yes, sir. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I'll yeah, say that's I'll true because we did have Swanee Sports Academy, and that's where pretty much all the national tournaments are hosted. So, so you can't even get the play. But, like, but, like, bro, but, but the thing is, it's only 45 minutes away from y'all. It's only 50 minutes away. Like, but we're not in the same county. We don't benefit from that. Bro, in our county, niggas got to hope they don't bring the game to the wild, Wildcat Classic. Niggas better hope they don't bring the straps out, but I'm telling you, bro, because they yeah. had oh, yes, sir, security bro. that had to pull up, bro, plenty of times. Niggas have graduated back in 2008 still, still beefing. beefing in that, that, class, that shit, like, it, it goes back, bro, and it's tough, bro, and it's always getting spun up every time, every year. Tay, Tay, I know you I know, I know, I know you know why, I don't know if you know, you might know this story too, but I heard, bro, it got so bad at a point. It was one game, it was a football game at the Joy. This was like, we might have been like middle school, probably around that time, but they said it was so bad, they brought that nose open. They what? Oh, yeah, there's been a few you, fights. Uh, you went to Lovejoy? Yeah. Did you know anybody from the 2012 class? Oh, nah, nah, nah. My, see, my, my brother might have known, because my brother was like, oh, nine, ten. Okay, okay, okay. Knew, my brother went to Lovejoy. See, I, I knew folks from uh, from Southern that went to Georgia Southern. Yeah. What? Like what year was that? Twenty twelve. What, what like what age would they be coming out that year? Twenty nine this year. My cousin came out of there. My brother's I got a cousin that came out of there. Might probably know like, around your age. That's I'm trying to think like Trevor's Trevor's. No, probably Trev. He's tall, light skinned. You know, <laughs> hey, honestly, that's yeah, every other good net nigga. Right. <laughs> Tall, light skin, bro. No, bro, that's Clayco. No, that's Clayco. Every nigga in Clayco is twisting their shit up now. Every Clayco nigga you see is damn near twisting their shit up now. I promise you that. Every other Clayco nigga dress better than Gwinnett niggas, bro. Wait, what? Clayco niggas dress better than Gwinnett niggas, bro. 
all day. It's the most natural. Y'all do. Y'all just way better, bro. But y'all be having access to the Zoomies and all that shit. We don't have that in South Lake. But how y'all have that shit? Because. No, because, bro. Y'all have the Bro, but you gotta understand, though. Bro, bro, we went to the Joy, bro. Niggas was wearing fucking polo. Niggas wasn't going up in the. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and go on commercial break. Yo, 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 we back. It's Pluto Southside Late Night Podcast. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? It's your boy Julio back on the track. Yes, sir. And we're having fun with the one and only coolest man under the sun, warm blizzard. <laughs> So we're just going to have a little shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to We Meifu, uh, a.k.a. Kima, for the dope graphics. Uh, definitely check her digital art out. It is something to definitely see, and it's always going to be quality. She'll work with you. And shout out to my boy, Black Hispanic, uh, his stream on uh, Twitch. He definitely be playing all the games. If you want to watch Pokemon, Twitch, I'm sorry, Pokemon Apex, you know, shout out to my boy, John. Check him out. It'll definitely be worth something. Gonna get into our open segment, uh, talking about some just the highlights in the news and some other stuff. All right, so um, I don't know how many of us are actively in the sports. You know, I keep up with a few highlights here and there, but you know, the thing that I want to touch on is James Harden of the now Philadelphia 76ers has just made his debut the other night, and uh, he's back reunited with his former. Uh, general manager, I believe, yeah, Daryl Morey of the Houston Rockets, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of political stuff going on in today's world, so I do kind of want to talk about how, you know, sports and politics, you know, there are some intermingling of the two, but um, big game James, he did have a good game, near triple-double, 27, 12-8, and eight. so uh, shout-out to Philly getting the win, you know, um, but I do want to talk about, you know, some controversial comments. Where, uh, you know, Daryl Moore, he did retweet a simple picture in support of uh, the protest going on over there in Hong Kong, which did lose the NBA some sponsors over there in China. The games are not being televised. And, you know, due to... Shout out to Eastside. Yes, sir. Natural soundtrack. Natural soundtrack. Decatur wears greater. And, um, you know, basically with that... Um, I do want to talk about, do we need to start the conversation more openly to start forming our own leagues, controlling our own narratives, and uh, ultimately showing us how we would like to be shown? Yeah, I, um, I definitely understand, uh, you know, opening up, uh, you know, the potential of opening up our own league. Um, I just... Uh, my only concern really is, you know, um, really just who's going to take the, the risk on it. And there's not, uh, I'll just say, there's not too many people who would step up to the plate um, and really, you know, take that risk and, you know, see where um, if, because uh, honestly, you know, the, you know, the origins of the NBA, you know, starting off as, I believe, that there was, you know, the NBL and the ABA. And, you know, there was a merger that happened between the two and that created the now current NBA. And, you know, that takes a, a, that takes time. That takes, 
you know, risk. There were teams that failed. There were teams that um, originally were in the NBL and ABA and, you know, owners, you know, went bankrupt and everything. So it's really just, you know, and who's going to take the, it's really just, you know, who's going to take that risk. I, I do think that would be become more of a possibility once we see more, um, you know, more you know, inequities, more like, you know, especially with especially coaching staff and diversity and like how those, yeah, yeah, and how, you know, those hiring decisions uh, are made, you know, they're made, you know, I think with the, um, you know, they're, I, I think they're made, you know, with kind of like any, you know, buddy-buddy decision, you know, it's really, you know, controlled and into the mix, and, you know, you got to be a part of that group and that collective, so, you know, if uh, we, we we would see the power. I, I really I really think it's there. It's just that sometimes, especially especially if you're a player, you know, a guaranteed contract, guaranteed millions from this organization, that's hard. To, you know, to turn down. You know, Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, you know, um, but there's still you know players that are playing right now who got who you know Antonio Brown. Ain't got, ain't got, he got to make money somewhere else. He, he rapping. Kyle yeah, Antonio Brown rapping. Hey, hey, you think Antonio Brown five at, at his rap? Hmm? You listen to his song? Super Bowl champion? <laughs> I mean, I mean, man, you know, he has to, I mean, he has to support himself somehow now. And if he ain't got no money, you know, if he ain't got no savings. He's pushing for a black future narrative like Kanye West is. Black future month. Not no Another future. one. Another one. Shout out to DJ Khaled. Mm. Black future month, though. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I think once we direct more of the money, to, uh, instead of putting it towards, you know, cars and fancy, you know, pretty much fancy things that we really don't need and that we're only going to have for, you know, maybe a few months or two. Once we put it towards something that's more long term, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see changes, but until now, you know, niggas like flashing. Niggas like being flashy. I got a question for y'all. Everybody in here. How do you feel about the narrative of sports and politics being separate? You know, there is a lot of controversy around Shut up and dribble. I feel like that's just a really crude statement to say to somebody. Like, it's a certain relationship that you should have with as an employer to creative, but you can't just speak to me because I'm an independent contractor like that. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, people overextend themselves in certain lines of work. Like, it's still work. They still clock in, have requirements, and have things they have to sit there and do. And shut up and dribble is just like kind of diminishing because it's like you don't, you know, who are you to, to say that? You're not out here putting the work into what goes into this craft. You couldn't you probably do this yourself. So to say that is kind of like I have a personal choice in what this field is. I don't have to do this too. I can, you know, we can all just decide to not play. And well, he decided on his own not to play. That was just crazy. But Juan, just to let you in, that guy walked off the field and took all his equipment off and like, yeah, it, yeah, it, it. I mean, it's, it's, it's just. I don't know. He's got. He's a. He's a very wild case of just stuff going on. But I can understand him to a degree of why he acted that way because they were screwing him on the contract. But he also got other stuff there that's just muddy there. I'm not. 
He did a lot. But honestly, the NFL is the you know it's the land of you know nine chances. So he he'll probably get another another team. Yeah, honestly, man, there there's teams that, there's dudes who did worse. I mean, uh, what uh, Mike Vick. <laughs> I'm sorry, Drew Brees too. Yeah, he did slip up and do some shit. I ain't gonna lie. What did Drew Brees do? Uh, he he said some wild shit. Oh, yes, he yeah, did. he said some wild yes, shit. We just can't sit here and you know that was a little. Yeah, was, I mean, he has. I mean, he was educated. He was he was educated pretty fast. I'm a New Orleans fan, so you know who that who that all day. But yeah, I, mean, yeah, I will say that just kind of was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess we from the South, and, you know, it doesn't matter at what level, but dang, you know, that was my hero. Hey, he he committed the greatest atrocity on the Falcons when he hit that spin move and made two Falcons players run into each other for the touchdown. That was a, that was a murder, so, I mean, I know that crime. Yeah, Drew Brees, he was giving them boys the shit, uh, you know. I, I love the Falcon rivalry between the Saints and the um, Falcons. It, it's just it's inspiring to see the hate. Hey, don't talk about those murders. I mean, 28-3 is a murder we don't want to talk about. Hey, that was a massacre. Not in this decade. Since 98, y'all couldn't get there, and that's what y'all going to do. Whoop everybody ass on the way up there, and then y'all get 28-3. Maybe y'all, y'all was bot. Maybe that was bot. Hey, man, I'm still not over it, man. I, I, still, I still like it was the last one. Y'all lost a lot of fans that day. They was just like, not, not in this decade. They <laughs> said not in this decade, bro. Kyle Shanahan sold us. I'm making that public record. Kyle Shanahan sold us. Uh, you know, it, uh, why leave the playbook? It, it was. Uh, it why was run tough. the ball? And, and you know, the defense just—they, you know, they couldn't get off the field. They was just getting. They that's just getting the offense. That's because the offense couldn't, the offense couldn't the offense get down the field. Exactly, man. It was. It was they was having big boy energy. Then. And they playing real baby real fast, and that's just, you know. You know, I don't know what happened with the boys. <laughs> you know, it's congrats to the Rams, but I'm sorry. I'm still not. I, I feel like the Falcons are going to OBJ, true champion. Yeah. He stuck it out, man, because that big coin, man, he needed that incentive on his contract. I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that man lost. He lost a lot of money with that contract. Surprise, yeah. motherfucker! Shout out to OBJ though for real, bro, because he, he he the truth, man. Because to endure what he went through in New York, it was at this moment that he knew. I'm sorry, he fucked up. But Cleveland. You know, that's not the best environment to play in the sports. You guys, LeBron. It's not really a much of an environment to be into. It's, it's kind of depressing out yeah, there. Yeah. It's, yeah. Joe Kim, Joe Kim Miller made a comment a while back, uh, a few years ago. Um, Inner city vibes? Nobody's uh, saying that they want a vacation to Cleveland. But, you know, I mean, the city's going up, man. Shout out LeBron. Shout out LeBron. Yeah, once he leaves, it's like, man. I mean, he like already, left. Else he already left twice. Yeah, he left twice, and, you know. <laughs> I, you know, it, you know they, they'll, they'll take him back for a third time. They just, oh, yeah. But he, oh, yeah. He ain't going to sign a one-day contract. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah they, they, they got, the tip is deep. I'll say this, though. Drew Brees, he should sign a one-day contract to the Falcons. <laughs> and retire, retire with his real team. You are fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Drew Blessing. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of me, um, so, so, what do y'all think about what's going on in the team? It's pretty scary. It's, 
It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's, it's honestly, it's tragic. It's tragic. And seeing modern day buildings being toppled over, it's kind of unnerving thing to kind of just see in our timeline because. We usually, and not to sound crude and kind of messed up, but we usually bomb underdeveloped countries into the ground, and it's not that much to think about because of we don't see that develop. But when you look at Ukraine, there's normal cities just like Atlanta, and all I see is MiG jets flying through Atlanta and all these other cities. You know, that's something as Americans we don't have to live through, and that's just where it's like. They're living with the reality of every man has to step up and take arms to, to defend their country. And that's like, it goes beyond any beef that people in the country have with each other. There's foreign infant, you know, invaders here. What are you going to do? You're going to get up and leave anyway or fight it? What are you going to do? Especially if you got real ties to this shit. Like, it, it's, 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 it's insane to think about that. Like, it's, you know, they conscripted anyone from 18 to 60 to go. Sit there and defend the country. Hey, and, 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 a, and a real message, man, to the people of Ukraine, don't lay down. Oh, yeah, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Don't don't let Russia top you over. It is, it's not It's it's not good to give in to them people. So, essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, sorry, Russia wants Ukraine to strengthen the southern border against uh it has, it has some, uh, yeah, former USSR ties, you know, so it's it's a lot of, ge- you know, geopolitical land that was there historically. They just want to get take back over it. Yeah. They say Pula has ties to uh, Ukraine. Does he? Yeah. As far as his origins? Huh? Or as far as his origins? No, I'm saying as far as just like... Oh, like, I mean for like, sure. You know, they, say that, they, they say that still. Like, I mean, they it's still under their rule, but it's just like there's there's a supposed to be a a, a puppet government in place, but not really because the the people still have a will that they want to, I guess, exert. So it's kind of like some people may be corrupt and some people may not, but you don't really know, and that's the part where. It's a lot of deception. Yes, on, yes, both, on both sides, sides of, 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 you know, of the fence. Of, uh, I've seen, you know, Russian squads, like convoys of them, just desert because they don't want to go do what they're about to go do. They're literally telling these people to come out here in this country and do whatever. They're not even giving them any acknowledgement of what they're about to go in there and do. And that's just jack crazy because if you're being sent somewhere and another country is attacking you, you don't know why you're getting sent there. You're going to have guns on you. You're fighting, you're fighting for your life. You don't know why you're fighting. You're just out there. Go there. We're here. Yeah, we're telling you to go there. And a fight, a fight, man. This is definitely a war. This is definitely a war. Because, I mean, a fight is a fight, man. Like you said, to be thrusted out there in some of those environments, conditions, that's survival. 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 That's survival for some of them people that's new to this shit. 18 to 60. Age range. That's some people, man, that ain't never seen life. Or seen 
shit. Tough shit. Like, it's like certain shit we would never experience in our own personal life. And to have to make a choice to really be a man or be a, a woman in that regard, it's really just like clear cut. What are you here to defend for? Nationalism ties into a thing. It's like, you know, if you really don't have ties to the land, you really shouldn't be there. You should really go somewhere you can have ties to and be willing to want to fight and die for it because. If you can't do that, what are you here for? Yeah, they're basically doing scare tactics to get people to give in. Oh, yeah, Mortar Shell came down. That was, that was tough. You're just chilling, like, you know, you... I guess that would invoke a lot of traumas into a generation having to look up and be concerned or not knowing. Like, you could just be walking in your casual day and that just happens. And You couldn't even prepare yourself for something like that, ever. Even all the mortal things that we do to each other, that's like... The person that did that don't know what they just did. They did it. But that's just tough. This is just tough. I, I just really hope we get to a compromise of just peace um, um, and not having to forcefully force hands. But I feel like we we do it across the world stage, even with ourselves. And to what end? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, in this in this day of age, it's just it's just really hard to uh, to really just see the type of things we're seeing on, on online and stuff, and just with this invasion, it's you know it you know it, it's just really sad, man. You know, I I I hope the best for the, the people of Ukraine and uh, for the uh, for the young men that had to step in uh, step in line to take on for the country even if they you know never even picked up a weapon or even thought about killing somebody but now they have to step up and you know and do some do it to defend themselves and their family so uh prayers and you know salutes to the soldiers who you know you know who passed away from from this as well uh condolences uh, you know, pretty much coming from everyone, uh, everyone and everywhere, and you know the whole world. Well, not not the whole world because there's still you know there's still some that believe, you know, Putin is doing his thing. But you know, I, I would at least say it's ruining lives. Yeah, and uh, you know, we, we, I would say I'm on. Uh, I'm with the Ukraine. You know, defend yourself. Hey, Kanye said Vladimir was a good student. So I mean, he needs some milk. He do. He needs some milk. But come on, man. But honestly, to lift up the spirits a little bit, you know one thing I really hate, bro. I hate when I'm, you know, when I get in the shower, bro, and then 
I gotta poop, bro. And I'm like, dang, I gotta, I gotta now flood the floor, bro, and get wet and go. What did he say? Like, are you serious? Shitty booty that way. <laughs> you you feel me, bro? Get shit on. I'm I'm. I mean, what's the point of drying yourself? Because you about to get back in the shower. FBI, open up! You just gotta wipe your ass before you get in the shower. But nah, like sometimes I'm just like nah, like I don't. Cause I'm a savage. I'm, I'm good. Hopping on that toilet, bro. Like even though yeah, you know what I'm saying, you dry off, bro. How long you really gonna dry, bro? Until you just like. Damn, bro, I still feel some kind of condensation <laughs> on this fucking toilet seat, bro. <laughs> I can't say I uh, experienced that. No, that is a, y'all need to wipe your ass, man. What the fuck? I mean, nah, Just wipe bro, your ass. No, nah, I'm about to take a. I'm about to take a dump. A shit? A shit? Yes. You dropping a bomb in that motherfucker? Yes, bro. Like, what now, are like, you it's, doing, it's, Step Bro? It's, like, it's a missile when I'm get, when I'm about to get my shit on, bro. I'm like, dang, I'm about to start singing. I'm about to start getting the shit on, you know, because I'm a rapper in the shower. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you, bro. You know, I'm, I'm the best rapper alive in the shower, bro. Yeah, some niggas like Kansas when they shit too, man. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You feel me? So you know, you know. How you feel, man? You know what you think, man? Uh, about about. Uh, let me just. <laughs> Tell them about the time when we was in um, Lovejoy and we had Miss Evans class. And remember, Coach Johnson came in there and he was like, um, he was like, every time he wiped, he was like, he used to wipe uh, with uh, baby wipes. Oh yeah, that, that's me a hundred percent. Or he used to no, no, not baby wipes. He used to wet the uh, toilet. <laughs> you remember that? You remember when he said that shit? That shit's gonna hurt. That shit's gonna be bad, bro. Me and Tay bought one pie one time. It was one. That was the worst accident. Sorry about that, y'all. Shooting, you know, my dad was giving me some food, just letting me know and everything. So, um, anything but a chicken wing. Yes, sir. So, any, you know, closing remarks uh, any of your boys got? I would just say, in this world, we got to be bound by what it is we're setting out to do. And if it's your calling to do whatever, do it. Just do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I just, I just uh, like to say, I appreciate Juan. I appreciate Jazz coming on the pod. I appreciate the conversation and everything. Uh, but uh, last thing I'd say is, ain't nothing but a chicken wing. <laughs> Big butt sitting on your lap. Close remark real quick, man. Go ahead, bro. I want to say bro. again, shout out to our sponsors. Shout out Kima. Shout out my boy John. Shout out Juan, Don, Tay. We here. 2022. This is our year. That nigga's about to say 2020. <laughs> I don't know what you'll be being sometimes. I, I, I just know I we're here. Know, but, I, but I do want to say my, <laughs> my closing remarks, man. Shout out to the podcast. 
late nights in the sauna. And we're going to end on a good note, a high note. I'm high as hell. And I'm about to go get some motherfucking Wendy's. Yes, sir. Shout out L.A. Wings. Oh, damn it. That's what I'm supposed to get. Shout out L.A. Wings. That ain't supposed to get L.A. Wings. All right, y'all. We out. We out.